We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 771 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 27th, 2024. It is day two of the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, a day on which we are expecting press conferences from both Commander's General Manager Adam Peters and Head Coach Dan Quinn. Uh, What will they have to say. Uh, Maybe not much. Maybe a whole lot. You never know. Uh, We do know that the commanders have arrived in Indy. Commanders insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. She on Monday in a post on X said that a commander's contingent had arrived in Indy. Uh, That contingent included Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, Assistant General Manager Lance Newmark, Senior Personnel Executive slash Advisor to the GM Martin Mayhew, Senior Vice President of Football Administration Rob Rogers, and Director of Football Operations Brian Porter. So Adam, Dan, Lance, Martin, Rob, and Brian in the house in India. That sounds like a boy band, (laughs) doesn't it? Adam, Dan, Lance, Martin, Rob, and Brian. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Well, our next segment have a guy named Brian as a guest on the show. Uh, Not Brian Porter, but Brian Simmons, as in North Carolina football radio analyst, former UNC and former NFL linebacker and former NFL scout Brian Simmons. Uh, I had Brian on the show last May to talk about the man who at the time was being positioned to be the commander's QB1 for the 2023 season, Sam Howell. And we on this installment of the podcast are going to talk with Brian Simmons about the man who succeeded Sam as UNC QB1, Drake May, who may, no pun intended, uh, be taken by the commanders with their number two overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. A lot of people are saying a lot of stuff about Drake May. Brian Simmons will give us his perspective as someone who watched every snap of Drake May's collegiate career and who played football at a very high level and who worked as an NFL scout. Also, Brian will address the 2023 season that Sam Howell had and whether Drake as the Commander's QB1 and Sam as the Commander's QB2 
would make for an awkward situation. Uh, Drake May and Sam Howell are good friends, as many of you know, but Brian Simmons with a deep dive on Drake May next segment. Also on the show, I'll talk Capitals, who are playing well. Uh, They on Monday night doubled up the Ottawa Senators 6-3 at Capital One Arena. The Caps earned at least a point for a fifth consecutive game and for a seventh time in eight games. Uh, Before we get to some feedback, a salute to Old Dominion University men's basketball head coach Jeff Jones, who announced his retirement on Monday. Uh, He's 63. He suffered a heart attack this past December. Uh, Jeff Jones is a major person in men's college basketball in the mid-Atlantic region. Over the last 45 years, he was a point guard for Virginia for the 1978-79 through the 1981-82 season. He was the starting point guard for UVA's 1980-81 Final Four team. Uh, And he served as head coach for UVA for eight seasons, for American University for 13 seasons, and for ODU for 10-plus seasons. Uh, He was named as UVA's head coach in April 1990 at the age of just 29 Uh, Jones, over his head coaching career, made eight NCAA tournaments and won the 1992 NIT title. I had Jeff Jones on as a guest on a Saturday morning radio show that I used to do. Jeff was a listener, a very nice man, and I wish him good health and uh, all the best in retirement. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, from Mike on X on something that we talked about on Monday's show, episode 770, with our guest, Pro Football Focus Salary Cap Analyst Brad Spielberger. And that something is the possibility of the commanders trading Sam Howell this offseason. Uh, Brad said that the commanders could get a fourth round pick for Sam, maybe even a third round pick. Writes Mike, trading Howell this year would make no sense to me. When you don't have an obvious long-term answer at quarterback, take as many bites at the apple as possible. The possibility of Howell getting better and thriving in Cliff Kingsbury's system is another bite at the apple. Draft a quarterback and keep Sam. Uh, Thank you for that, Mike. I don't disagree. Uh, Until you have an answer at quarterback, you do not (laughs) have an answer at quarterback. And so you got to keep taking swings until you connect and you got to give yourself as many options as are realistically possible. I would keep Sam Howell. Uh, At the very least, he can be a good backup quarterback for the commanders. And who knows, he could find his way back to being the team's starting quarterback. And he could do well in a second go round as the team's starting quarterback. Now, you can't count on that, but you should be open to that. Uh, I just wonder what Adam Peters might be thinking. Assuming that the commanders get a quarterback via their number two overall pick, will they be fine with a 2024 quarterback room led by a rookie in, say, Drake May and a 30-year quarterback in Sam Howell? Or will the team want a veteran as the QB2 or even placeholder QB1? And if the latter is the case, then that might make Sam expendable. And if a team offers, say, a late third-round pick for Sam, do you pull the trigger on that trade? I mean, that would be good player personnel practice, right? Turning a fifth-round pick in Sam, uh, albeit a pick that was made by the previous regime, into a third-round pick. And consider this from NFC East insider Ralph Vacchiano of FoxSports.com in a piece that came out this past Friday morning. Quote, what about Howell? 
Multiple NFL sources believe several teams would be interested in trading for the 23-year-old who threw for 3,946 yards and 21 touchdowns in 17 starts last season, albeit with an NFL-worst 21 interceptions. The Commanders could potentially get a third-round pick for him, maybe more if they decide they're willing to deal him sometime around the draft, end quote. Email from Stanley Evans on what the commander's approach at quarterback this offseason should be, right, Stanley? What's up, Galdi? Hope that everything has been going well. My wife says hello. <laughs> she knows me listening to your podcast is part of my morning routine, LOL. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking about the quarterbacks who have come through Green Bay, dating back to when Brett Favre was there and when Aaron Rodgers was drafted. A-Rod sat for three years, and after Jordan Love was drafted, he sat for three years. Both of them looked better prepared when their moments came, and it looks like the Packers struck gold again with love. Seems to me that the Packers develop quarterbacks the right way, and that is by not rushing the process. It's a moot point now, but I was wondering if Sam Howell should have sat for two or three years just so he could have worked on improving until he was ready. Even Patrick Mahomes didn't play right away. I doubt that this is what Washington will do with whoever it drafts, but this is worth considering. When's the last time that we were able to develop a quarterback in Washington? Even you-know-who <laughs> sat for a while until he got a chance. There's the game on the field, and then there is the game in the mind. If the mind isn't confident, then the quarterback will fold. What do you believe? Uh, thank you for the email, Stanley. I hear you. I do. Uh, but there are two things to keep in mind with sitting quarterbacks for multiple seasons. A, sitting a quarterback for multiple seasons lessens or even eradicates the possibility of the contractual holy grail in the current NFL. And that holy grail is the very good quarterback on a rookie contract. Uh, B, there are enough examples in recent NFL history of rookie quarterbacks doing well to where the idea that a young quarterback has to not be a QB1 for multiple seasons isn't true. Now, that's not to say that there aren't quarterbacks who benefit from not being QB1s initially in their NFL careers, but just look at the last, say, 15 seasons in the NFL. So 2009 through 2023, the following are rookie quarterbacks who did well to varying degrees. Uh, Cam Newton in 2011, Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin III, and Russell Wilson in 2012, Dak Prescott in 2016, Deshaun Watson in 2017, Kyler Murray in 2019, Justin Herbert in 2020, Brock Purdy in 2022, CJ Stroud in 2023. There are enough examples in recent NFL history of rookie quarterbacks doing well to where it's not at all unreasonable to expect a rookie quarterback, especially a highly drafted rookie quarterback, to do well. Uh, that Patrick Mahomes exploded in his second NFL season, the 2018 season, off barely playing in his 2017 rookie season is perhaps a credit to him not being a QB1 in his rookie season. But, you know, you also could flip that around and say that he could have and should have been a QB1 in his 2017 rookie season. Maybe he would have been as good in the 2017 season as he was in the 2018 season. What the Green Bay Packers have done is an outlier. Back-to-back -back QB1s who sat for multiple seasons despite being taken 
in the first rounds of NFL drafts. That's just not realistic. I mean, props to the Packers for pulling this off, but they had a pro football Hall of Famer and Brett Favre as their QB1 for the 1992 through 2007 seasons, then had a future pro football Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers as their QB1 for the 2008 through 2022 seasons, and now have Jordan Love coming off a 2023 season in which he did get off to a bad start, uh, but then was great. If you as an NFL team can replicate (laughs) what the Packers have done, more power to you, but good luck. Uh, The NFL has changed. The massive money for quarterbacks in what is a salary capped league, uh, combined with the rookie wage scale, combined with the reality that quarterbacks can be good from the get-go, makes sitting young quarterbacks for multiple seasons hard to do and hard to justify. Not impossible, but hard to do and hard to justify. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, please consider following this podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of the podcast. Uh, so the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine has begun, started on Monday, is happening through this coming Monday, March 4th, uh, is happening at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Uh, the actual Combine drills are not starting until this Thursday, February 29th. And when it comes to who we as Commanders fans care about the most, the quarterbacks, given that our team has the number two overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, uh, Uh, The quarterbacks will be doing press conferences this Friday, March 1st, and will be doing drills this Saturday, March 2nd. However, we are not expecting much from the perceived top quarterbacks in the 2024 draft at the Combine. Uh, Multiple reports say that neither USC's Caleb Williams nor LSU's Jaden Daniels is expected to participate in throwing drills at the Combine. Uh, We'll see what happens with North Carolina's Drake May. And speaking of May, there are a lot of wide-ranging opinions on him. If you caught my conversation on this past Friday's show, episode 769 with Pro Football Focus senior data analyst and Commanders fan, 
Nick Ackridge. Uh, he is a big fan of Drake May, but if you caught my conversation on episode 762 with Commander's Analyst and fan Mark Bullock, uh, he has major concerns about Drake May. Heck, Merrill Hodge, the former Pittsburgh Steelers fullback and former ESPN NFL analyst, he on the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan on Monday morning said that Drake May isn't even worthy of a first round pick. Take a listen. I wouldn't touch May. I wouldn't. I wouldn't grab May. Ooh. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. And there's a bunch of things that bother me. He's extremely inconsistent as uh, his accuracy, his processing inconsistent. Um, he's not extremely athletic. I think I find him more stiff. He's got a longer throwing motion, which allows more hits in our league than he gets in college. And I'm just bothered by it. You know, in fact, I just I knew we were going to do this, so I just wanted to. I hadn't mm-hmm. watched him for a couple weeks, so I. One of my last games I looked at was the NC State, NC State game, and that may be one of the worst games I'd ever seen. I mean, him play, <laughs> and but but it validated. He's at the end of the season, and it, ended, it validated a couple things. He misses a lot of hots. The team misses hots. He sees hots, and he doesn't throw hot. I just so that is you'd have to get in the room and say, okay, why don't you throw this? To walk me through this, okay. But that that processing bothers me. In our league, man, you got to be dialed in. You got to be sharp on that. Wow. (laughs) So Merrill Hodge on Drake May, quote, I wouldn't touch May. I wouldn't grab May. I wouldn't draft him in the first round, end quote. Uh, Hodge did say that he's a big fan of Jaden Daniels, but Hodge also is not the biggest fan of Caleb Williams, said that Caleb is not special, although Hodge did say that uh, Caleb's accuracy is elite. Uh, For more on Drake May, I'm very pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast, North Carolina football radio analyst, Brian Simmons. Uh, He is a member of both the North Carolina Football Ring of Honor and the Cincinnati Bengals 50th anniversary team. He was a linebacker at North Carolina for the 1995 through 1997 seasons. He was taken by the Bengals with the number 17 overall pick in the 1998 NFL draft. He played for the Bengals for the 1998 through 2006 seasons and then played for the New Orleans Saints in the 2007 season. And Brian worked as an NFL scout for seven years. Uh, You can follow Brian Brian on X at Coach B Sims, S-I-M-M-S, as he also is the head football coach for Windermere Prep in Florida. Uh, Hey, Brian, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing well. Nice to talk to you again. So if you were still an NFL scout and were writing a scouting report on Drake May, what would that report say? Yeah, I mean, the summary of it overall would be, you know, a... um, a, a big athletic kid uh, with a strong arm. Uh, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but arm strength would never be an issue with him. Can make all the throws on the field tough and smart. And, uh, and you know, foundationally, when you're looking at quarterbacks, guys who you're thinking about uh, being a franchise-type guy, those are the qualities uh, that, that you want to start with. You know, I know – you know, everybody's going to get into technical stuff and all of that. But from an evaluation standpoint, uh, you know, technique are things that can be taught. Uh, you find out his mental altitude, which is going to be very good. Uh, you know, so for me, he's a very strong prospect. The technique stuff with Drake May, including the footwork, which has come up a good bit, is the technique stuff truly problematic? Is it overstated? What is the right way to view the technique stuff? Uh 
all the, all the above. Um, anytime, and, and that's what, you know, a lot of people who, you know, when you start looking at young kids, whether it's from high school to college or college to high school, when you start talking about technique, you're not necessarily doing a good job as an evaluator. Uh, because even if a guy could be technique, uh, he could be flawless with his technique, but his technique doesn't match with what you're being taught. So technique really doesn't matter in sense of, you know, what they're applying, because sometimes guys can be doing exactly what they're being taught, uh, but it just doesn't match up with your philosophy. So, uh, you know, you take a kid from college going to the pros. His technique is going to have to get cleaned up. I don't care what position, what prospect you're talking about. Technique is always going to be an issue, and you should always be working on technique, whether you're a rookie or you're a year 10 in the NFL. How is Drake May in terms of decision-making? I don't have any issue with it. Um, you know, that sometimes he forced the football, but all good football players do that. Uh, you know, he, he tried to make plays, uh, but what he can do is he can make plays from the pocket. Uh, you can move the pocket for him. He can make plays when it becomes off schedule. He can make plays from all different platforms. Uh, you know, you look at the creativity and the athleticism that he has to make those plays. Uh, you, you can't knock any of that. You mentioned the athleticism. To me, Drake May is athletic, and he, for whatever reasons, doesn't always get credit for his athleticism, but he is mobile, right? Absolutely, and that is the one thing I think if you haven't seen him play and you look at his 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 statue that you're going to be surprised. And I watched every single game in person this year, and I'm telling you, every single game you could tell defenders were surprised at how well he moved, how well, you know, how well he ran and how well he moved in open space uh, because he is a good athlete. And Drake May has good pocket presence? Yeah, yeah, he does. He he moves. He knows how to manipulate the pocket without having to run up out of there. Uh, you know, he keeps his eyes downfield. And then even when he looks to move out of the pocket, he's always looking to make a play downfield with his arm. As you know, the commander spending their number two overall pick in the 2024 draft on Drake May wouldn't just be about him as a player, also would be about him as a person. How is May from the standpoints of leadership, work ethic, being a good teammate, et cetera. Here's what I tell, you know, here's what I used to say, and I said it to the college coaches when they came in my high school and they talked about a kid. I tell them he checks all the boxes off the field. All you have to do is figure out if he's good enough for you. That's it. And, and with Drake, that that's the case. Uh, he's going to be a leader. He's going to work harder than anybody else you got. It's important to him. Uh, you know, all the things that you want to put on the back of a franchise quarterback, he's going to represent those things really well. What will Drake May most need to work on in the NFL? I mean, I think, like we said, it's just the consistency with his footwork and with his technique. Um, all those things which are, uh, you know, going to be, uh, you know, he's going to work at it. He's smart enough. Uh, he, it, it means enough to him. Uh, so I would say that is the deal. I mean, arm strength, strong enough. Uh, athleticism, really good. Uh, you know, all those things, ability to make plays, ability to lead, all those things are the kind of things that Drake has that you want out of a franchise quarterback. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm excited about him. You know, I just think for, from a comp standpoint, if you're looking at guys in the NFL, I would say he, he, he's very similar to Justin Herbert. Uh, arm strength is probably a notch below Justin, uh, but I would say everything else uh, in terms of athleticism, similar size, uh, I would say, 
Uh, Drake May is probably a little tougher than 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 Justin Herbert was considered coming out. Uh, but uh, you know, I think just from from a guy that's playing in the NFL right now, Justin Herbert would be a comp that that your listeners can kind of hear and and, and kind of get an idea of what they have in terms of physical attribute. I think that I speak for many, if not most, Commanders fans in saying that we would take a Justin Herbert in a heartbeat. More with Brian Simmons in moments, but if you enjoy this podcast, check out BGO Blind Pig, which is the official podcast of BGObsession.com. BGO Blind Pig is a roundtable discussion of all things Washington Commanders football. Lots of good and passionate Commanders conversation from Commanders fans who know the team well. You can find the BGO Blind Pig podcast on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, or on any major podcast provider. Make BGObsession.com the home for your burgundy and gold obsession. And make the BGO Blind Pig podcast one of your weekly DC football listens. We're talking Drake May with North Carolina football radio analyst, former UNC and former NFL linebacker and former NFL scout Brian Simmons. Uh, you've seen a lot of UNC quarterbacks. Is Drake May the best ever? Uh, listen, that's, 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 you know, you start talking about that and it's kind of slippery slope just because it depends on the circumstance that he gets placed in. Uh, but from the guys that I've seen, Drake May is the most talented. Uh, Drake May is the most athletic. Uh, he's the one that's been given the most God given gifts. Uh, and, and he's been very productive. And, you know, I know we're on the commander show, so I'd be remiss without talking about Sam Howell. And, and Sam Howell is a guy that I also think, you know, I, I came up here and talked very highly of. And I think that those things are still the case with him. Uh, I think Drake May is a better prospect than Sam Howell, but I still think Sam Howell is an NFL starting quarterback. It was unfortunate what happened with Sam Howell this past season. He was doing pretty well, and then things just fell apart. There were a lot of reasons for that, including the uh, team around him not being the best. Uh, But what did you think about Sam's 2023 season? Listen, Sam's a young player. I mean, the first year uh, starting, uh, second year player, he threw for, what, 4,000 yards, basically 21 touchdowns. And I think uh, the thing that has people worried is the 21 interceptions, but that's going to be the case with the vast majority of guys who start uh, at a young age. They're going to throw the ball away sometimes. Uh, but but the thing that you have to ask yourself if you want to get a fair evaluation of Sam are all the other pieces around him to make you feel like you have a fair evaluation of him. And, and you know better than me, I think, in Washington, the answer to that is no. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, Drake May and Sam Howell are very good friends. If the commanders took Drake with their number two overall pick in the 2024 draft and had him as their QB1 and had Sam as the QB2, would that be awkward or would Drake and Sam be just fine together in such a situation? (laughs) I think it would be a little awkward. uh, And just because both of those guys are very highly competitive, uh, both of them, they are good friends. They're really good friends. But I do think it would be, you know, it would be awkward. Do I think they would make it work? Absolutely. Uh, But I do think Sam, in his mind, feels like he's a starting NFL quarterback. uh, And I don't blame him for having that thought. Um, So so would it be awkward? Yes. Would it be dysfunctional? I don't think so. The commander's new offensive coordinator is Cliff Kingsbury. He, of course, is known for the air raid offense as both a quarterback 
and to coach. Uh, although he had his introductory press conference on February 15th, did say that he would not label what he does offensively with the commanders as the air raid. Uh, that said, a guy who Kingsbury knows well and who runs the air raid, Phil Longo, uh, was North Carolina's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the 2019 through 2022 seasons. Uh, those were Sam Howell's three seasons as Carolina's QB1, and then Drake May's first season as Carolina's QB1. Uh, and then May this past season had Chip Lindsey as Carolina's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. How similar was what Lindsey ran this past season to what Longo ran with Carolina? Very similar. Uh, I mean, very similar. Uh, there was not a lot of difference. Uh, you know, I think this year, from a philosophy standpoint, they wanted to run the ball. Uh, you know, they put a little more emphasis on running the ball downhill. Uh, but in terms of the passing game and what they ran, I don't think it was that much difference. Uh, you know, both like to go with tempo. They both like to throw the ball downfield, a lot of screens, a lot of horizontal throws to make you have to cover all the blades of grass. Uh, I, I think it was very, very similar. Are you a fan of the air raid offense? Um, I think the air raid offense is one of those things where people hear the name and they think it's something uh, mystical or something different. Um, you know, at this point, to be honest, nobody's really creating anything new. Um, it's just a matter of how you get to it and the window dressing that comes around it. Um, I don't have any issue with it. Uh, my main thing is I, th- I just think sometimes, you know, you can get away from, from running the football, uh, and, and being a downhill type running game, but, but that's more of play calling than it is, uh, schematics. Are there limitations for the air raid offense in the NFL as compared to in college football? I wouldn't say so. I mean, at the heart of it, if you look at the concepts and stuff, it's very similar. Uh, you know, it's not like it's the read option or you're running the triple option or anything like that. Um, you know, you're still running the ball, you're running power, you're running counter. Um, you know, the past concepts are for the most part the same. And listen, uh, for the most part, the NFL has really welcomed a lot of the college concepts especially in the passing game. So there's really not that much difference at all. Very true. Uh, Final question. Uh, As a former NFL scout, and given the importance but also difficulty of evaluating quarterbacks, what to you are the most important things to look at with a quarterback to determine how he'll translate from college football to the NFL? Yeah, for me, is obviously you want to look at his arm strength, and that matters. but accuracy and anticipation is just as important as arm strength. And then if, if the guy is the answer to either one of these questions is no, is the guy a leader? Is he tough? And is he smart? If the answer to that, to any one of those questions is no, you don't take that guy thinking he's going to be a franchise quarterback because at some point, one of those things are going to put him on a snag and, and he's not going to be able to lead your team. So the guy has to be smart, he has to be tough, and he has to be a really good leader. All right. North Carolina football radio analyst, former UNC and former NFL linebacker and former NFL scout, Brian Simmons. Uh, Brian, thank you and all the best to you. All right. Appreciate being on with you. Good stuff from Brian Simmons, one of the best linebackers in UNC football history. And that, of course, is a history that includes maybe the greatest linebacker ever, uh, New York Giants all-time great 
Lawrence Taylor. Well, the LT of catering services <laughs> is Catering by Uptown. Uh, catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service, and it now is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Newly engaged couples can get 5% off any Catering by Uptown wedding package. Just call 301-572-7744. Set up your own personal tour of one of Catering by Uptown's premier waterfront venues and mention that Al Galdi sent you to get the discount. If you're planning a wedding, you want great service, but you also want a great price. Catering by Uptown provides both. Call 301-572-7744 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Catering by Uptown also can help you if you're planning a party or a corporate event. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly from putting together and executing a menu to picking linens to selecting an excellent florist. Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. And don't forget about the great offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Newly engaged couples can get 5% off any Catering by Uptown wedding package. Just call 301-572-7744. Set up your own personal tour of one of Catering by Uptown's premier waterfront venues and mention that Al Galdi sent you to get the discount. That's 301-572-7744. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, guess who now is alone in fourth place in the eight-team Metropolitan Division? The Capitals. Uh, they are rising. Monday night, a 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators at Capital One Arena. The Caps earned at least a point for a fifth consecutive game and for a seventh time in eight games. They, for this NHL regular season, now are 27-21-9 and have 63 points. Now, this win on Monday night came against the Senators team that is not good. Uh, the Senators for this regular season have the third fewest points in the Eastern Conference, but this win on Monday night also came despite the Caps missing a number of players. A winger Sonny Milano did not play due to illness. Defenseman Nick Jensen did not play due to a lower body injury. Winger TJ Oshie remained down due to what had been believed to be a lower body injury, but is being labeled an upper body injury. He suffered the injury in the Caps 5-3 win at the Tampa Bay Lightning last Thursday night. Fourth line center Nick Dowd remained out due to an upper body injury that he suffered in the Cap 6-2 win over the New Jersey Devils at Capital One Arena last Tuesday night, February 20th. Defenseman Martin Fehervari remained out due to a lower body injury that he suffered in the Cap's 4-3 win at the Montreal Canadiens on February 17th. Uh, also, the Caps remained without two centers in Evgeny Kuznetsov and Nicholas Backstrom. Kuzi is in the Player Assistance Program of the NHL and NHL Players Association, and Backstrom has been on the long-term injured reserve list since November 8th due to his chronically bad left hip. 
Uh, the Caps on Monday night did have Anthony Mantha. He played despite having suffered a lower body injury in the Caps' 3-2 overtime loss at the Florida Panthers this past Saturday night. Mantha on Monday night served as the Caps' second-line right wing and had two primary assists. But the Caps for this game were missing a bunch of players and yet still doubled up the Senators 6-3. This was a crazy game. The Caps and Senators combined for six goals in the first period, three goals in the second period, and no goals in the third period. Uh, Also, the Caps and Senators for the game combined for nine goals, but just 41 shots on goal. The Caps scored six goals on just 20 shots on goal and scored six goals despite per natural stat trick having just 45 on five shot attempts to the Senators' 51. Uh, But the Caps went two or three on the power play. Defenseman John Carlson, he scored a power play goal 8.30 into the first period of what was a milestone game for Carlson in multiple ways. Uh, First of all, this was his 984th career NHL regular season game, moving him past Callie Johansson for the most NHL regular season games for a defenseman in franchise history. Uh, Also, Carlson's goal was his 145th career NHL regular season goal, moving him past Sergei Gonchar for the second most regular season goals by defenseman in franchise history. A big night for the man known as Carly. Uh, Here was Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his postgame press conference on Monday night on John Carlson. He's going to go down in history as one of the greats of all time in this organization and and arguably a a hockey Hall of Famer with what he's been able to do in his career and what he continues to do, even at his age and where he's at in his career, um, playing the most minutes by far. I don't know where it ranks in his his career numbers, but... um, Every situation, penalty kill, power play, five on five, when we need to defend a lead, when we need to come back in a game, he, he's the guy out there. And so it's uh, once it's all said and done, uh, uh, hopefully he's got some more um, runway left for, for a little bit longer. And, and But he's going to go down as one of the great, great defensemen that, that's ever played this game. Yeah, high praise from Spencer Carberry for John Carlson. A lot of depth scoring by the Caps on Monday night. Third line left wing Max Pacioretty, he scored a power play goal 18-33 into the first period. Second line left wing Alexi Protis scored an even strength goal 6-30 into the first period and had two assists. Fourth line center Hendricks LaPierre scored two second period even strength goals and was number two on the Caps in five on five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 71.43. The Caps with LaPierre on the ice in five on five situations in the game had 15 shot attempts versus allowing just six shot attempts. And fourth line left wing Beck Malenstein scored an even strength goal 1847 into the first period and had a primary assist. Spencer Carberry during his postgame presser on Monday night on two key young Caps players in this retool, Alexi Protis and Hendricks Lapierre. So I thought Pro, one of his best games of the season, he had three or four instances where he, he, he used his size and his frame and his skating to protect the puck, to make a play, uh, even when he had pressure and, and defenders draped all over him. And that's if he can develop that, it's such a um, unique skill because of his size and his reach and his skating ability. Um, and so I was really proud of him tonight for, for showing that and making a few plays. And he gets rewarded offensively uh, or, or production-wise with the goal and two assists. And Lappy 
coming in right away, um, steps into that fourth line center role. I thought that line was arguably our best line um, start to finish. I think their shot attempts were astronomical, 17 to 5 or something around there. Yeah, the Caps' fourth line of Beck, Malenstein, Hendricks, LaPierre, and Nicholas Obey-Kubel on Monday night per natural stat trick had a 5-on-5 shot attempt percentage of a 68.75. Terrific. Uh, but not so terrific was top-line left wing Alex Ovechkin. A rough game for Ovi on Monday night. This was one of his worst games this season. Heck, this was maybe his worst game this season. Ovechkin had no points, no shots on goal, and just two total shot attempts. He registered a game-worst time plus-minus rating of minus three, and he was dead last on the caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at a mere 18.18. The caps with Ovechkin on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had just four shot attempts versus allowing 18 shot attempts. Not a great night <laughs> for the great eight. Uh, Darcy Kemper on Monday night was the cap starting goaltender. Yes, we had a Darcy Kemper sighting. He was the cap starting goaltender for just the sixth time in 18 games. Uh, he stopped 18 of the 21 shots on goal that he faced. Kemper per natural stat trick stopped five of the six high danger shots on goal that he faced, stopped four of the five medium danger shots on goal that he faced, and stopped seven of the eight low danger shots on goal that he faced. Uh, the Caps went one of one on the penalty kill. Next up for the Caps is a game on Tuesday night. Caps at the Detroit Red Wings. Tuesday night at 7. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 772. We'll include a lot for you on the commanders as we on Tuesday are scheduled to have press conferences at the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis for both Commander's General Manager Adam Peters and Commander's Head Coach Dan Quinn. Also on Wednesday's show, I'll talk Capitals, Wizards, and college basketball. The Caps are at the Detroit Red Wings Tuesday night at 7. The Wizards are home to the Golden State Warriors Tuesday night at 9. Georgetown is at Villanova Tuesday evening at 6.30. And Virginia Tech is at Syracuse Tuesday night at at 7. Tuesday, a very busy day in Washington, D.C. area sports. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. I wouldn't touch me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't grab me. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. There's a bunch of things that bother me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.